Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. The uh, studio producer Wes and I were just talking about the... Um the lottery jackpot in the United States, the Powerball, 800, was it 900 million now? 900 million dollars? 900 million? That's like 10 billion Canadian. And if you want it, I think the odds are what? Something like 1.2 billion, 1.2 billion to one against. And people are lining up at the border. <laughs> I'm sorry I wasn't with you. 900 million and uh, add 40% or subtract 40%, right, for Canadian dollars. And then subtract another huge percentage because Canada Revenue Agency would be right there taking their cut. They don't tax us on Canadian winnings, but they, do, they would tax us on U.S. winnings. Somebody, and I hope it's a bunch of people, but somebody is going to win that huge pot of dough. And no, I'm not going to ask you what you would do with it. But it's a lot of money. It's a lot of money. Can't even count that high. Uh, here are some other numbers. Rasmussen poll, the Rasmussen reports, indicates 74% of likely Republican voters believe Donald Trump will be the GOP's nominee for President of the United States. Only 23% that they di- say they disagree. 61% of all American voters believe the GOP nominee will be Trump, which means he's on the minds of a majority of Americans as the possible successor to Barack Obama. They're at least thinking about it, pro or con. At a Trump rally in South Carolina yesterday, a Muslim woman wearing a hijab and standing in silent protest was removed from the rally, while Mr. Trump said refugees from Syria, quote, could be ISIS. And by the way, it's turning out there probably are ISIS, end quote. He went on to say, quote, there are so many men, they're so young, they're very strong. Where are the women, women where are the children, end quote. I just get the feeling Donald Trump can say whatever he wants now. And nobody, not nobody, but he's not going to suffer in the polls. Or not significantly, not dramatically. Fran Coombs is the managing editor of Rasmussen Reports, and he joins us on the Roy Green Show on the Chorus Radio Network. Mr. Coombs, thank you very much for the time. Oh, my pleasure, Roy. So 74% of likely Republican voters think Trump is going to be the GOP nominee for president. In mid-December, from what I understand, the number was 66%, but he was at 74% in late October as well. Um, What do those numbers really mean? Well, first of all, let me say, what we say is, the question is, how likely is it that Trump, is Trump likely to be the nominee? So these people aren't saying he will be the nominee. They're saying he is likely to. So 74% of Republican voters say Trump is likely to be the nominee. And of that number, uh, 24, excuse me, um, of that number, 31% say it's very likely. So of all the Republican candidates, excuse me, he is clearly by far the one that they think is most likely to be the nominee at this point. What does that number represent as far as the big picture is concerned? I I still hear mainstream media talking about Jeb Bush making a rush forward, Marco Rubio making a rush forward, Chris Christie making a rush forward, Ted Cruz making a rush past Trump, which some argue he's already done in Ottawa. So in in Ottawa, in Iowa, in the the big picture, what does that 74% represent? Or does it? I mean... I mean, a, a number of things, but I mean, clearly Trump is the one. I mean, he's sucking all the air out of the room as far as the media is concerned. Uh, I mean, in no poll, not just ours, but nobody's poll is showing anybody beating Trump. 
Uh, I mean, I think one poll showed Cruz, Mar- Ted Cruz, marginally ahead of him, I believe, in Iowa. But generally speaking, Trump is well ahead of all of his opponents uh, in virtually every poll that I've seen, uh, and certainly in our polling. And um, he dominates the debate, whatever he, whatever he says. I mean, the, the, for example, the Muslim ban, which you mentioned, uh, you know, let's put a temporary ban on Muslims coming to the United States until the government gets its act together. Um, 66% of Republicans said, hey, that's a great idea, in a poll that we did about a week after he said it. And uh, Bloomberg had a poll that came out the same day, had the same numbers. Instantly, all the Republican candidates who had criticized Trump started going his way and saying, well, yeah, maybe we should put a hold on uh, Muslim refugees or, or uh, refugees from certain countries. Uh, same thing with the illegal immigration. He came up with the wall. He talked about illegal immigration. All the Republican candidates swung over to his side. So he is clearly dominating the debate, uh, for better or worse. I mean, the media is totally fixated on him at, at the expense of the other candidates. Mm-hmm. We are. We are, because it's a fascinating development. Nobody expected this. We expected the guy from uh, from The Apprentice to be on our... And the, and, the, and the argument for a while, but at the beginning, I don't think anybody imagined we'd be seeing what we're seeing today. Well, I mean, in, in fairness now, I mean, let's be honest. I mean, I mean I'm mean, i old enough to have been covering politics a long time in this country. I mean, the, the people that didn't like Reagan beat him to death as a B-movie actor, but Ronald Reagan was way more than a B-movie actor. Ronald, I mean, uh, Donald Trump is way more than a TV show. No, guy. no, I understand that, but Reagan you had know. been a governor of California. Right. Donald Trump and, has never and, had political office. Right. And Trump, you know, and uh, and I, I mean, you, you have to put it in the context of where America's been. I mean, I mean, the Republican Party has offered, a, you know, a bunch of pretty lame candidates in recent years. Yes. Uh, America is not happy. Uh, well, I shouldn't say America itself, but a lot of Americans are not happy with this current president we have. Um, Which I understand. You know, I think a lot of people feel uh, that no matter who they elect, no matter which party gets in there, that um, it doesn't do any good. Yeah. And so I think, you know, clearly I think Trump is a frustration candidate. Well, he's tapped into anger. He's tapped into resentment. And I read an interesting column or article in the Washington Post the other day. And it, it suggested that he's been able to tap into the frustration with political correctness. And he said he's saying things that I first heard in 2008. I was visiting South Carolina. I was talking to a businessman. And he said to me, in the, during the conversation, Fran, he said, I want my country back. When I think of that conversation, I see Donald Trump now. Right. And I, I mean, it's, it, again, I, you know, I am a white middle class, older white middle class guy. And th- these are the kinds of conversations that I've been having with people for years. Uh, but some of these things are things that you know you cannot say out loud. Uh, and I don't mean racist comments or anything like that at all. I just mean... So many things in America now are, you, you don't even know what you can't say anymore. That's right. Uh, I mean, I saw something the other day. Canada, too. I mean, somebody said, if you listen to the Beatles, that's microaggression because it's white middle class music. I mean, it, it's just, you know, you, nobody knows anymore if they can even open their mouth. And I think that, again, Trump is exactly that. Trump doesn't apologize for anything. And I think people find that very refreshing. I keep hearing, does this emotion have the foundation to sustain itself for the next 11 months in the United States? And I said, it's not just the emotion. That's a big part of it. But it's also the salesman. And, and I, I, I don't know. You tell me. I have a sense well, that he has a good, he has at least a, an even chance of sustaining what he's got going now until November. 
I think that he has a better chance of being president than people suspect. I think you're starting to see that in what we would call the liberal media. Uh, I think we're starting to see the Clinton campaign. Here's a good example, Roy. This is exactly what you were talking about regarding political correctness. Hillary Clinton comes out a couple weeks ago and accuses Trump of sexism. He immediately comes back and slams her and says, hey, wait a minute. You're having Bill Clinton, your husband, come out, and he's one of the biggest sexual abusers in this country, one of the highest-profile sexual abusers in this country, and you have been basically standing by him and enabling him for 20 or 30 years. Now, no other Republican would have ever had the courage to say that. That would have been considered, oh, no, just can't say that. That's off the reservation. He said it. He jammed it right back to her. Bill Clinton goes up to New Hampshire last week to campaign for Hillary and was literally – he was asked by an ABC News reporter about his sexual behavior. And he, Bill Clinton, and I've never seen this in 30 years, Bill Clinton was speechless. I saw he that. He literally was like silent for I 30 saw that. seconds. Didn't know what to say because he was so stunned that someone from the mainstream media would ask him about that that he wasn't even prepared to answer it. Yeah. And that's, why is that? That's because Trump has turned that right back on Hillary Clinton. And so I think the problem the Democrats are going to have is that they cannot – pigeonhole uh, Trump the way they have done Republicans in the past, which is, you know, war on women, anti-gay, uh, you know, all these things that are, you know, because Trump doesn't fit neatly into any of those categories. No, there's, there's a, there was a small item in your poll, or at least, a, at least in the copy I had, uh, but it really caught my attention, and it, and it was this, that Republicans are far more looking forward to the presidential election than are Democrats, right. and that spoke volumes to me. Yeah, that was fa- that was a fa- that was a poll we did earlier earlier this past week, and I was fascinated by that because uh, now first of all it's understandable that the party out of power is more enthusiastic because they want to get in power, uh, and that's why traditionally in for example when you have a president running for a second term you traditionally see less support from the in the incumbent's party because there's less enthusiasm, uh, so the the outside party is always going to be more fired up, but. Seventy-one percent of Republicans are really looking forward to the presidential race this year, whereas forty-four percent of Democrats already wish it was over. Yep. And I think that that really tells you a lot because there is no enthusiasm on the Democratic side for their race at all. Uh, a lot of their traditional base, for example, they're really worried about uh, young voters. Uh, in our polls, I mean, Hillary's still well ahead of Bernie Sanders. I don't. I think she will get the nomination unless she's indicted. Um, but what a statement that is voters under 40 she and sanders split them almost evenly what a statement that is fran you've got the front runner in the democratic party and you have to add because it's part of the story unless she's indicted right well Roy, i mean if you look at the history of the clintons and again i have covered the clintons i was the managing editor of the washington times when bill clinton was was president and if you look at uh uh, at the, the history of the Clintons all along, they have just cut it very close to the edge legally for literally for decades. And so I don't think anybody's surprised at, at this thing at all. And the way she, she continues to talk past this thing, which is very, very serious. I mean, it's being investigated by the FBI. Um, right. I mean, you know, this is serious stuff, this, this uh, email behavior. We have about uh, 30 seconds, Fran, and thank you very much for taking the time. I appreciate it. enjoying the conversation with you. Uh, would either of us be surprised if, taking what we know today, not what we may learn between now and Election Day on November, would either of us be surprised if Donald Trump is standing with, a, with his hand on a Bible in January, swearing the oath 
of President of the United States? I would say no. I, I, to be honest with you, right now, I would be surprised if he is not the guy there. I, I don't think that Hillary Clinton can beat him the way things are going now. Um, she's old news. I think a lot of young people are not happy with her. I think we may be surprised at how many people under 40 vote for Trump. And how many Democrats might vote for him? Yeah, well, definitely, because he's, he is drawing the Reagan Democrats, which basically no Republican has drawn since Ronald Reagan. Uh, Fran, thank you so much. Enjoy talking to you. Thank you, Roy. All the best. Fran Coombs, managing editor of Rasmussen Report on the Roy Green Show on the Corliss Radio Network. So he's no, he wouldn't be surprised if Donald Trump becomes the president of the United States. I would not either. And I really believe that if it comes down to Donald Trump versus Hillary Clinton, based on what I know today, and what I've seen today, and, and how I assess politics and what's going on in the United States, I believe Donald Trump would beat Hillary Clinton and would become the next president of the United States. If it becomes Hillary and Donald, Trump and Clinton, face-to-face, going for the presidency, debating each other on national television, it will be Donald Trump who will win. And he'll be the next president of the United States. That's my feeling based on what I know today. Now, here's the question I have for you that I've been sort of been teasing about on Twitter. And it is based on, and we'll get to dissecting the Trump commercial a little later, uh, it's based on emails that I've been receiving from you to Roy at RoyGreenshow.com over the last months, where you have made a comparison between Donald Trump and Justin Trudeau. So here's my question. If Donald Trump were to be elected president of the United States, do you think you might find yourself believing you'd rather live in the U.S. with Donald Trump as president than in Canada with Justin Trudeau as prime minister? The question again is, if Donald Trump were to be elected president of the United States, do you think you might find yourself believing you'd rather live in the U.S. with Donald Trump as president than in Canada with Justin Trudeau as prime minister? 888-225-8255 is the number. 888-225-8255 in Toronto, 416-870-6400. If Donald Trump wins the presidency, do you think you might find yourself as a Canadian saying... I'd rather live in the United States with Donald Trump as president than in Canada with Justin Trudeau as prime minister. Triple eight two two five eight two five five. Answer that question, please. We'll come right back. I guess none of the rules, conventional rules, apply to Donald Trump. That's all. That's all long gone and been decided. Um, last night in South Carolina, there was a a woman, Muslim woman, who stood up in protest silent protest. They removed her from the venue. And I first thought was, well, that's going to hurt and, uh, you know, going to hurt the campaign. And then I thought, probably not. Because he's so far beyond that. It just, it just doesn't seem to matter what Donald Trump says or does. And the Washington Post article was excellent and says he's tapped into that frustration and anger with political correctness. And that's why he's going to get a lot of Democrat votes. I've seen that in other places. I talked to a friend of mine in the United States. I meant to say this to you. Earlier this week, this guy's voted twice twice for Clinton and twice for Obama. And what he said to me was, if I, if I'm within an eight-hour drive of a Trump rally, I'm going. I said, why? They said, because I'm voting for Trump. I said, but you and I have constantly argued left, right. I'm right, you're left. He said, not anymore. I'm for Trump. I, I mean, you could have knocked me over with the proverbial feather. 
All right. Would you prefer to be living with Trump as the leader or Trudeau as the leader? Let's see. 888-225-8255-416-870-6400. Dan is in Toronto. Dan? Hi, Roy. Very interesting topic. Uh, give me my green card tomorrow, as I told your screener. The, he's tapped into the suffocating, obsessive political correctness that is out of control, where the whole planet is walking on eggshells, and Justin Trudeau is an absolute um, subscriber of that, and he, like Obama, is more concerned with global warming and climate change than terrorism. In Leicester, Massachusetts, you know, Roy, a left-wing a Democratic union town, Trump had 7,000 yeah, people I know. line up for five hours in the freezing cold. Longer than that. Hear him speak. They, went, they waited longer. I was going to, Dan, I was going to go to the Burlington-Vermont rally just to see what happened, right? I mean, not that far. I'm in Quebec. I'm not that far from, from Burlington-Vermont. So I turned yeah. on a Vermont radio station early in the morning. They said there were people lining up at 4.30 in the morning for a 7.30 uh, event in a venue that holds 1,400 people. I said, there's no point. I'll never get in. I'll never. Can you imagine? Can you imagine saying to yourself, "I can't get into a rally for a politician eleven months before the election"? You should. There should be tons of of, of space available. Dan, thank you very much for the uh, for the call. This Bev and where, where are you, Caledonia, Bev? Yeah, I'm in Caledonia, Roy. How are you? Good, sir. How are you doing? Well, you know, I'm working away in the barn here with the horses. Hey, can you hold on, Bev? I'm not very good at I'm not very good at watching the clock apparently. <laughs> so I got to take a break, okay, buddy? I don't wear one. Don't go anywhere. All right. Just keep just keep taking care of the horses. Yep. I'll be back to you in a couple of minutes. Triple A two two five eight two five five. My number four one six eight seven zero sixty four hundred. Would you choose to? Would you prefer to live if Trump is elected president of the United States? Let me ask you the question as I asked it. If Trump is elected president of the United States, do you think you'd find yourself believing at some point that you'd rather live in the United States with Donald Trump as president than in Canada with Justin Trudeau as prime minister? Triple A two two five eight two five five four one six eight seven zero sixty four hundred. So phone lines are burning up. On my question about uh, if Donald Trump becomes president of the United States. Do you think you might find yourself at some point saying, I'd prefer to live in the United States under Donald Trump than in Canada under Justin Trudeau? Which would you choose? 888-225-8255-416-870-6400. And if you're in the Toronto area, I uh, was trying to get in touch with a former mayor of a town in Wisconsin who I saw um, talked about in a BBC report about Donald Trump. And he's just sent me a... Um, uh, tweet, so we'll see if we can get him on the on the show. So once uh, once you get uh, get him ready, just uh, put him up, and I'll and I'll talk to him. Uh, well, let's get back to to Bev, who's working with the horses in the barn in Caledonia. <laughs> All right, right. The beautiful part of the world. Yeah, and you know the sun's shining here pretty nice right it now. It always shines in Caledonia. Well, we've had some sun. So what would you do, pal? If if uh, how would you do you think you could ever would ever find yourself in a situation where if Trump were president of the United States, that you would say, I'd rather be in the United States uh, under Trump's governance than Trudeau's governance, or, or would that be a no-starter for you? Well, you know what, Roy? I've visited the states lots, and, and I, I can honestly say that I've got some real good friends over there, and they're good people. But, you know, they've been suffering with a lot of anxiety. Okay, Bev, I, I only have a limited amount of time. I know you held on for me, pal, and I appreciate it. 
Well, anyway, where do you, you think you might ever find yourself in a, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a state of mind where you'd want to, where you'd prefer to be in the states under, under Trump than in Canada under Trudeau? Roy, when I cross the border, it seems like I've just driven home. That's just so it doesn't matter to you who the, it doesn't matter to you whether it would be Donald Trump or anybody else. Well, I, I, I say this. He's, he's, he's very honest, and he's relieving all the American people of what they've been holding back with anxiety for all those years. All right. Thank you, Bev. I appreciate the call. In Caledonia, Jeff Screema is on the line with me. He's a former mayor of a town in, uh, in, in Wisconsin. Jeff, thank you very much. I, I left you voicemails because I wanted to talk to you. I saw you uh, quoted in a BBC report with Caddy Kay, and it was about Donald Trump becoming the uh, president of the United States and, and who would support Donald Trump. And as a former elected official, uh, you stood firmly, as I read in that report, uh, for Donald Trump. Thank you for taking the time, and thank you for talking to us. And, and, and is that still the case? Do you see Donald Trump as your preferred candidate for president? Uh, hi, Roy. It's a pleasure to be on your show. Thank you so much. Um, yes, I do, um, at this point, still see uh, Mr. Trump as my preferred uh, candidate. Um, he is uh, certainly brings um, a lot of uh, new qualities uh, to the table. Uh, he's far and above um, the other uh, Republican candidates. Um, he's pr- provocative, he's smart, he's confident, um, and he's willing to shake up the status quo. Uh, which is something that uh, I'm looking forward to, and I think a number of Americans are also looking forward to. If you, if you get into conversations, and, and as a former elected official, you know what running an election campaign is about. You've won, and you've also lost. So you right. you, you, you understand the, the dynamics. Uh, as you look at the campaign, do you think the, the situation is developing? Um, I know you have a preference for Donald Trump, but do you think the campaign is developing in a manner which makes him the potential favorite against uh, Hillary Clinton, which was what Fran Coombs from Rasmussen report was not at all prepared to dismiss. Um, yes, it, it, he is. He is in a, in a good position right now. And um, it appears as though he has staying power. Um, he's done an excellent job of um, using the media to his favor and um, staying in the spotlight. And at this point, the more he's in the spotlight, um, the more people are going to be attracted to him. Um, obviously, with time, he's going to have to become more nuanced with his language and more specific with his plans. Um, my perspective, being a former elected official, is that he has two challenges right now, um, two big challenges. One is um, the ground game. Um, if you look at the presidential candidates, um, Jeb Bush um, has a ground team in every in all 50 states, and they're active getting signatures, so he'll get his name on the ballot in all 50 states. Um, Mr. Trump is not, he does not have a ground game in all 50 states. And um, as we've seen from previous presidential elections, the Democrats are very good at getting out the vote. Um, they have a very well-oiled machine to get people right. to the polls um, to vote for their Democratic candidates. So, oh, okay, Jeff, um, what, what do you think, what do you think is going to happen? I have about 30 seconds, and I'll talk to you again as the campaign goes on, if you don't sure. mind. Uh, but Absolutely. In, what, what do you think, just your gut tells you what's going to happen. Ultimately, I think it'll, I think there's a good chance that there'll be a brokered uh, convention, um, which I think would be devastating for the Republicans. Um, it would be much better if the Republicans um, would go uh, with um, the highest rated candidate and mm-hmm. go behind him 100 mm-hmm. um, percent. But I think that's going to be very hard for the old guard 
Republicans to uh, to swallow and to okay. accept. Okay. And that's Trump's and that's Trump's second challenge. And that was the second point that I was going to make. Yeah. Jeff, thank you very much for, for the time. I'll, I'll, I'll be back in touch with you and we'll have you back on the show. OK, thank you so much. Thank you, sir. Uh, Jeff Screamer, former um, mayor, I think it's a Waukesha, Waukesha is the town he was a city he was a mayor of in uh, in Wisconsin. Donald Trump. Melanie is in uh, Bicycle, Alberta. Is that right? Am I pronouncing that correctly, Melanie? Yep. I'm pretty good, eh? Yeah. <laughs> nobody gets that right. <laughs> well, I used to live in Alberta. Um, nobody knows that. Donald Trump becomes president of the United States. Justin Trudeau is prime minister of Canada. Do you ever find yourself, do you think, in a frame of mind where you say, and my producer didn't ask you the question, the call screener didn't ask you the Um, question. Do you think you you would find yourself saying, I'd rather be in the United States under Trump than in Canada under Trudeau? Before you even sent out the question, I was already thinking it's time to leave. Canada has become a kindergarten country, (laughs) as far as I'm concerned. Time to leave. Um, oh, yeah, absolutely. Gone. Is it because of Trudeau? Absolutely. But if 6.9 million Canadians wanted him as prime minister? Well, they can have him. <laughs> I thought you were going to say that. We are a I was sure. As soon as I asked the question, I thought, I'm going to hear back. They can have him. Thank you, Melanie. Thank you. Have a good day. Gord is in, uh, in Oshawa. Let me get Gord on the line here. Push the right button. Hey, Gord, it's pretty bad, eh, when you when you when you have to figure out it takes you three attempts to push a button. No, that's okay. You're uh, you figured it out eventually. Anyway, <laughs> to, to answer to answer your question, yes, under, sir. No, under no circumstances would I want to live in a country run by Donald Trump. Now, just a few quick comments. Sure. The man, the man is all style and has little or no substance. The most critical comment I've heard of Donald Trump, you know, there's been a lot of critical but the the most salient critical comment I've heard about Trump is he has simplistic solutions to complex problems, such as let's build a wall. You know, I mean, it's ridiculous. Let's send back 14, 15 million illegal uh, immigrants. Let's bomb every country that doesn't comply with American foreign policy. Well, that's not, but he hasn't said that. No, but he, well, Iran and North Korea, he has. He said if they don't do what we want, then we should, you know, we should. Uh, I, don't re- I don't remember hearing, hearing him say he would bomb well, North Korea. I'm not well, sure about Iran, wants, but anyway. He wants, to, he wants to use force with anybody. So you say there's no way on God's green planet. Now, let me ask you this, Gord. Is it is it the messenger or is it the message? No, if there were, let me, the let, me, let, me, let, me, let me finish. It's a two-part question. Yeah. If it were um, Jeb Bush who was delivering the message in a more nuanced manner, you used the word nuance earlier. I still say the guy is uh, irrational. Now, two more quick comments. I know you have other callers. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, uh, Donald Trump is the only guy I know that makes Rob Ford look rational. Okay? And, so, and my last comment is, is a famous quotation. No one ever went broke underestimating the intelligence of the American public. To oh, any American... That, oh, that's pretty rough, Gord. Isn't it? That's Listen, pretty hard. That's, I gotta go. That's pretty hard. That's pretty cruel. How can you win you many friends at the border when you go over there next time? Ryan in Toronto. Ryan? Roy, thank you very much for having me again. As usual, it's my pleasure. Um, thank you, sir. Call, your, your, your last caller isn't so far off the mark, but I'm going to hit this from another front. Um, first of all, Trudeau's only been in power for, oh, is it two months? Like, what, what has drastically 
gone wrong where people would want to flee the country. The reason I ask the question is that there are polarized points of view about Justin Trudeau. Very strong thoughts one way or the other. Sure. There are very strong thoughts about Donald Trump, who hasn't been elected to anything yet. So and 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 it and the question, um, Ryan, and I'm sorry, I've got 45 seconds here. The the reason I asked the question was it, it's based on emails I've been receiving. Yeah, that have oh, made that I, comparison. Yeah, and I can understand that. But you, you know, despite which leader is voted in south of the border, we all know that Congress rules at the end of the day. So it doesn't know. matter. There is there is war problems. There is law enforcement problems. There is yeah. currency problems. Why would you want to go there? The only thing they have that we don't is they have sandy tropical beaches. They have gorgeous mountains. Wait, 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 wait. I wasn't talking about the geography of the United States. I was talking about whether people wanted would prefer to live under Trudeau or Trump. Yeah, I'll stay here. Let me okay. ask you that. Okay, buddy. Uh, thank, thank you, you for the call, sir. Thanks. All the best. Ryan in Toronto on the Roy Green Show on the Chorus Radio Network. We will raise this question again as we go through. And I really based it on emails that I've been receiving where there are Comparisons are being made on email from you to me at, at, the, at Roy, RoyGreenshow.com. What's my email at Roy at RoyGreenshow.com, where you uh, where you make the comparison between Trump and Trudeau. 